If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash study. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash study. When loneliness starts creeping into your life, just remember the classic hymn that encourages you to count your blessings, name them one by one. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah unpacks that advice in light of Paul's words to the unmarried. Learn how to replace feelings of loneliness with a spirit of gratitude as David introduces the conclusion of his message, The Lonely Single. Well, friends, we have been talking about this very interesting subject from a central passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we have learned that we're to acknowledge our singleness as good, to accept singleness as a gift, to allow singleness for our growth, to activate singleness for God, and to affirm singleness with gratitude. These five things are the key points from Paul's writing to us in 1 Corinthians 7. He doesn't dodge the issue. He goes right into the very subject itself. So if you happen to be a single Christian and you're wondering, what's God's plan for my life? Or you know someone who's struggling because maybe they have been praying to get married and it just hasn't happened. Well, there's some really godly, important things they can do, and I want you to know what they are. They're in this lesson, and they're also in the study guide, which is Overcoming Loneliness. You can get the study guide in the CD package uh, from davidjeremiah.org. Then there's a book that we have written that has an overarching message of encouragement during times when people are lonely. The book is called God Has Not Forgotten You. It's 190 pages of hardcover featuring 10 chapters full of comfort and encouragement for when you feel alone. It's a great reminder of God's faithfulness during challenging times, and uh, you can get it for a gift of any amount to Turning Point when you ask for it. We'll send it to you right away. So during the month of August, this is our resource, and that's How this works is you send a gift of any size. We encourage you to be generous, do the best you can, but for whatever gift you send, we will send you this book, and it will be a blessing to you. You will want to keep this around. This is a coffee table book. Well, People will come in. First of all, it's the most beautiful book we've ever created here at Turning Point from the standpoint of its color and the way it's all paginated. So please let us have the opportunity to put this in your hands. The message inside is robust from the scripture, reminding you that God does not ever forget you. Well, let's get started with part two of The Lonely Single as we open our Bibles together today. Let me say something to you single people. There is something far worse than the loneliness of being single, and that is the misery of marital discord. You get married to the wrong person because you can't wait for God's plan to be put into operation and you rush headlong in to put your plan into operation and you'll discover that you will long for the day of loneliness as a single because of the misery in your own life. 
We must not make marriage the supreme goal of our lives, putting all of our energy into finding a mate. The Bay Area Guardian, there was an illustration of how some people just live and breathe for that one thing in their lives. In fact, in that particular paper, there were 60 ads like the one I'm about to share with you, advertising for a mate. This one by a very marriage-hungry man. I quote, The greatest compliment to me by a woman was the statement that I was the most non-chauvinistic man she had ever met. Unfortunately, she was not committed to a long-term relationship with the future. I am seeking a caring relationship with a non-smoking, very attractive, extremely sensual, highly intelligent, quite independent, well-proportioned, high-energy woman under 36 years of mental and physical age who has a strong sense of self, who is able to laugh easily and is free of traditional sexist expectations vis-a-vis her friend-lover. You are offered intellectual stimulation, mutual respect, open honesty, adequate space, human closeness, growth reinforcement, emotional support, sexual gratification, ideological compatibility, a wide range of fun activities, flying, sailing, etc., and a very busy, high energy, well-educated, financially secure, 5 foot 10, 167 pound, attractive, sensitive, intelligent, huggable, humorous, serious, 44-year-old man. <laughs> Now, all I can say about that fella is he wants to get married. <laughs> and that's the only thing that occupies his attention. He lives and breathes every day to get married. And God says to the Christian who may not happen to be married, listen, if God has a mate for you, he knows about that. Don't take things into your own hands. God says you can use this situation in your life as a time of growth. I think the young lady who wrote this little note to me understood this truth better than I can express it. She said, Dear Pastor, basically, I'm content at being single. I do hope the Lord has marriage in my future. Personally, I'd rather be married than single. But for now, I know the Lord loves me, and I know that He has me single. Trusting in Him, waiting on Him, and His plan is difficult, but I know that He is my rock. And that's more important to me than being married. Please pray for me, Pastor. Listen to this. Please pray that every day there will be less of me and more of Christ in my life. You see, she understood what it was like to take her situation and allow it for growth. Not to be seeking what God might not have for her in that time frame, but to let that situation be God's tool in her life for her own maturity in the things of God. Allow it for your growth. If we could just relax in what God has for us, how much better it would be. Then I want you to notice, fourthly, we are to acknowledge it as good and accept it as a gift and allow it for growth. And here's number four. You got this? Activate it for God. Activate your singleness for God. Now I want you to look at verses 32 and 35 where we see this principle. Paul says, I would have you without care. 
He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Verse 35. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is seemly, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. Now what is Paul saying? He is saying this, that the single person is free from the stress and the strain of marital life, of family life. I say that in the most positive way. I say that every child you have adds a new dimension to the stress and the strain of family life. And all Paul is saying is this, when you're married, you care for the things of the family. That's your priority. You must do that. If I don't minister to my family, I have no right to minister to the things of the Lord in the church. That's my priority system. But he's pointing out here in this text that if you do not happen to be married, then you do not have the stress and the strain and the responsibility of a family. And so what happens is you can give yourself totally to God and totally to the Lord and totally to his ministry. And you can activate your singleness for the things that have eternal importance as it relates to the kingdom of God. There's not a one of us who are married who doesn't understand that. One of the great problems is that we'd struggle with the priorities of our life, the priority of ministry, the priority of family, the priority of church, the priority of work. How do we put all these things together? I read a story about a man who came to his pastor, and the pastor asked him why he'd come, and he said, Pastor, I came to share with you that my wife has left me. And the pastor said, well, when did that happen? He said, well, I really don't know for sure. It was sometime between Monday and Friday. I've been at church every night this week, and I really don't know which night she left. Paul is dealing with that kind of pressure when he says that a person who's married cares for the things of the home, and a person who is single doesn't have that care, and he can give himself. And notice the descriptive terms that he uses. He says, the person who is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord, verse 32. And then notice down in verse 35, at the end of the verse, he says, he may attend upon the Lord, how? Without distraction. Paul is simply saying, single person, if you don't have a family and you don't have children, you can give yourself totally to God without the pressure of all these relationships, and you can totally be consumed with serving God in your life. Well, you say to me, Pastor Jeremiah, what does all that have to do with my being lonely as a single? And I want to share with you that that's the secret to the whole thing. You see, it has everything to do with your loneliness. The people who are lonely as singles, if the letters I got mean anything, are the people who are worrying about what isn't happening to them instead of what they should be doing to minister to others. I got a letter from one of our young ladies. I didn't even ask for this one. And she shared with me how God had used her situation as a single person in ministry. She wrote, Pastor, there have been many compensations for being single. How many husbands would have put up with the many midnight, one, two, three o'clock in the morning phone calls I received from my hurting friends? Parentheses, how does your wife handle it? Many times I have even gotten dressed and gone out in the middle of the night for a cup of coffee with a girlfriend who was really hurting just to listen. I'm so glad that God has used me in this small way, she wrote. I place a high premium on my availability to other people. There are many verses that give me encouragement every day. 
A special one is Romans 8.32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And then she finished by saying, Right now, his freely giving me all things does not include a husband. How dare I believe God has made a mistake in his plan for my life? P.S. Listen carefully. Pastor, please tell all the married people not to try to anticipate the will of God for their single friends by the compulsive need to matchmake. And all the singles said, Amen. Amen. Now you see what Paul is saying here is this. It's okay to be single, and if you're single, God has a special plan for you. And that plan includes reaching out and ministering to others. Do you know that when we started our singles ministry in Fort Wayne, we didn't have a time or a place for them to meet. All of our Sunday school rooms were filled in both the 9.30 Sunday school and the 11 o'clock Sunday school. We did not have one facility that we could give them. And we wanted to do that so badly, we started our singles ministry at 8 o'clock in the morning. And our singles drove from that three-state area to that 8 o'clock breakfast Bible study. On many occasions, we had well over a hundred singles gathered in our fellowship hall to study the Word of God as they were having coffee and donuts and fellowshipping with each other and having a time of sharing and singing. Many of those single people left that 8 o'clock Sunday school hour, and at 9.30, they went to the morning worship service in the auditorium. And then after the 9.30 service was over, they went to the Sunday school hour at 11 o'clock and they ministered to the children who were involved in children's Sunday school at 11 o'clock. And some of those single people got to church at 7 o'clock in the morning to set up for the Bible study and they stayed till 12.30 in ministry. If you happen to be a family person, you try that on for a few Sundays. But God let them do that, and God caused them to want to do it because they were available, and they had the opportunity to do it, and they gave themselves to ministry. And I'll tell you, there weren't a happier group of people in that church than those single people who were involved in meeting the needs in the lives of others in their service. They were activating their singleness for God, totally attended upon the things of the Lord. And folks, that principle works whether you're single or married. You give out and you get back. There's one last principle I want to share with you. The Bible teaches us that not only are we to activate it for good, but we are to affirm it with gratitude. One of the things I've learned as I've studied the problem of loneliness and the various levels of life and the various subcultures of the church is this, that there's one supreme answer, and if I could elevate anything to the top of all of the instruction I would give to all those who may experience loneliness, it's this. And that is this, that there's a spirit of gratitude that God uses within our hearts to dispel the lonely spirit. And the reason for that is that gratitude demands that you take spiritual inventory. And when you take inventory in order to give thanks, you discover that your loneliness is only one small part of your life. And that God has blessed you with so many things that have showered down upon you that just difficult to sit and sulk in self-pity. I think that's what Paul is getting at in verses 36 through 40 of this chapter. He writes, and just let me explain it to you as we go along in your Bibles, and I think it will help you understand what's going on here. Paul gives this picture in verses 36 through 40 of a single young lady who's sitting at home. 
Of course, in those days, the father had the absolute authority over a daughter's marriage. And in Paul's day, the father normally arranged all of the details of her marriage, including who she would marry. Now, the passage says that if this father's daughter has gone beyond the time when she would normally marry, Paul tells that father, if need so require, let him do what he will. He sinneth not, let them marry, verse 36. The father can in this situation choose a Christian husband if the marriage seems to be God's will for his daughter. She can marry without sinning. Now, the general tenor of these verses, folks, is this. Paul here is using strong words to say to parents, don't rush your children into marriage. Don't push them into being married. Some parents I know are so concerned that their kids get married, their daughters and sons find somebody to marry of some sort of high social standing. They will make any sacrifice, and oftentimes the sacrifice is their own children, just to get them to an altar someplace and get them committed to somebody else. The whole attitude that Paul is developing in this passage of Scripture is this. It is the attitude of praise for wherever we are. In the end of the chapter, he talks about being a widow, and he says, maybe it's best if you not remarry. (laughs) But praise God for it. Be happy in your own situation. And I think what God is saying to all of us is that we can lift our eyes to heaven and say, Lord, I don't understand why I'm where I am. I wouldn't have put me here if I was in charge. I wouldn't necessarily want to be in this situation. But God, I'm not in charge. You're in charge. And I praise you for where I am. And I thank you for what you're doing in my life. And I give you gratitude for the opportunities that go along with my situation. I'm asking you, God, to use me to glorify your name and to honor you and to be a blessing to other people and to be thankful. Lord, I thank you for my singleness because right now, that's how you want to use me in the kingdom's work. A young man by the name of Dennis is a single. He's now in Europe. God called him there as a short-term missionary. He came close to getting married, but he decided not to because he felt that the job God had given him to do on the mission field demanded all that he could do. And he postponed any thoughts of marriage until he had finished his term of service there. I'm grateful to him because one day he sat down and expressed his own thoughts to me in written form. He summarizes all that Paul is saying to the single better than I ever could. By way of conclusion, I share it with you. He wrote to me one day and he said, Pastor, let me share with you a few things that I believe were given to me by my Father in heaven. He has taught this to me in my experience as a single person. Number one, singles have a lot of love to give away, so give it. What I receive is usually what I give. The biggest share of a blessing comes out of my giving, not out of my receiving. Number two, the need to belong is responded to by my willingness to commit myself to something, to be vulnerable to God, to a ministry, to a group, to a friend. I, as a single, often make the mistake of shunning away from committing myself, and therefore I don't ever feel like I belong. I want to tell you something, folks. I've already heard it since I've been here from some of the single people. Nobody's doing anything for us. There's nothing here for us. 
over the long haul, we're going to do everything we can to minister to singles. But let me tell you something. If you sit back there waiting for somebody to do for you, instead of being willing to commit yourself and be vulnerable and get involved in a ministry, you'll never find the joy of the Lord, no matter what kind of programs available. The joy that God has for you is to be found in you're totally throwing yourself into a ministry wherever it may be and saying, God, here I am. It's a Sunday school class. It's some kind of a ministry in the church, and this is where I want to give my life. My friend wrote, I have a dear friend who's a single who's been very close to us in our family, and that person wants to belong, but he can't make the commitment. And then Dennis goes on to say, thirdly, Realize that loneliness is not always bad. In fact, he said it may be on occasion the very thing that draws you towards God. There is nothing that will bring you to your knees quicker than feeling totally alone in difficult circumstances. So don't always resist the loneliness that you feel. It may be God's messenger to your life. He goes on to write, Most of all, I need to be reminded that Jesus Christ has recognized me much more than I could ever realize, than I could ever deserve, than I could ever know what to do with. Do you get that? This is what he said. He said, Christ has recognized me. I am a person. More than I deserve to be, more than I realize I am, more than I even know what to do with, Jesus Christ recognizes me. I'm worthy in His eyes. And if He died for me and sent His Son to pay the price for my sin, why wouldn't He be concerned about the well-being of my life, even about whether or not I'm married or single? And of course, Dennis was right on. God is interested. And single people, he does recognize you. You are a person of worth. God sent his son to die on the cross and pay the penalty for your sin, and he loves you so much that if you were the only person who ever walked on the globe we call earth, Jesus would have died for you because he loves you. And he wants to bring you into a relationship with himself if you've not already understood that. He loves you and he wants to meet the need in your life. Will you let him do it? Will you open yourself up? Will you be vulnerable to him and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you as my savior, first of all. I'm a single who's unsaved. And I want you to come into my life and fill that need in my life, that loneliness that only I can find met in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, I need you as my Savior. Or maybe you're a Christian and you're saying, Lord, come into my life as my Lord. Have lordship over my life. Control me. I've tried to run things myself. They like to do it their way. But God says, no, you can't do it your way. You've got to do it my way if you're going to find joy in living. Maybe God has isolated you in your singleness so he could get your attention about what he wants to do with your life. Let me tell you something, young people. If you don't know what God wants to do with you, there's no reason for you to get mixed up with anybody else in a relationship who doesn't know what God wants to do with them. Maybe God has just put you on the island called singleness so that he can deal with you about his purpose for your life. Let him do it and be open to what he wants to do.
I'm confident of this very thing. You are right now where God wants you to be so he can deal with you in the areas of your life where he needs to talk specifically to your heart. And I pray that you'll listen. Well, thank you for joining us today and allowing me to speak. Um, I haven't heard very many messages on this particular subject, but there should be more because the population of single people continues to grow. Um, marriage is less um, a part of our culture than it used to be. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. It's just the way it is. So many, many people um, are single. And they struggle with a lot of issues like all of us do. There's a particular. And Paul speaks to most of them, as we have learned these last couple of days. You can get this message on CD, along with all the messages for the series, by just getting in touch with us at a Turning Point. Or you can go right to davidjeremiah.org and pick up all the information on our website. You can order it right from the website. We have a study guide that outlines every lesson, and we have a CD package that is a is a memory of everything I've said and some things I didn't have a chance to say on the air. And this information will be really helpful to you, along with our special book. The resource for the month is the book, God Has Not Forgotten You. I wrote this book just for you and just for this time. It's a beautiful gift book that will bless your heart. Ask for it when you send your gift this month. We appreciate your investment, and we'll see you tomorrow. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church and Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Will you send us your personal story of Turning Point's impact? Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, God Has Not Forgotten You, and learn to trust the Lord in times of uncertainty. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet. Or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series Overcoming Loneliness here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Legacy. When I think about my life and the legacy I will leave behind one day, I remember the legacy of faith I saw in the lives of my parents, and it is now reflected in the lives of my children and grandchildren. Then I reflect upon the calling God placed on my heart to preach and teach, and I think of the people who have been touched around the world through the ministry of Turning Point. Each of us will leave a legacy. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? In addition to the legacy that will be entrusted to your family, perhaps you have considered leaving your imprint on something with eternal consequences. Many people don't think beyond this life. They live only for today with no hope beyond the grave. But for the believer, we not only have an eternal perspective on life today, we want to leave behind a testimony of our faith 
so that others may come to know Christ as well. Long after you and I finish our time on this earth, Turning Point will continue to bring the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. There is still so much work to do. Will you join me in this very important effort? What will your legacy be? If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. 